Hello everyone, welcome to Chat Shit, Get Fit, The Diets. This is a series where we cover all the numerous diets there are in the world and give our straightforward study back view on them. In this episode, we're going 180 from the uh, last one on veganism and we bring you the carnivore diet. It's another fairly long one, but they do make a lot of mental claims, so we felt like we needed to address them all really. Apologies for Tom this week. As you're hearing the episode, he's going through quite the transformation at the moment, so he ran into quite a few technical glitches. Anyway, loads of studies to get into, loads of stuff to dissect. Let's get into it. Hello, boys. How we doing? Welcome yeah, I'm back. okay. All right, mate. How's it going? I'm right. Yeah. Right there, Tom. I am okay. I'm just watching a bit of YouTube. Uh, I'm watching a, a compilation of a uh, Mark Zuckerberg drinking water. <laughs> drinking water well well, yeah look let's let's get it down to business right we all know why our listeners listen to this podcast and i'm just going to come out and say it mark zuckerberg is unironically definitely not fucking human right he is he's an either an alien uh a robot or someone said a reptilian he could be a reptilian uh, he color, does look color, like a fucking yeah. lizard he, he, he actually does if you type in uh, reptilian shapeshifters, Mark Zuckerberg, into Google, you'll get some uh, interesting comparisons. But yeah, I'm watching this video of him trying to drink a glass of water when he was at a Senate hearing years ago. I remember this happening. And it looks like he's looking at this glass of water and it's like, is is this what humans are supposed to do? Is this how I blend in? <laughs> and he's, he's generally struggling to drink this glass of water, something so simple. It's like when Windows crashes, he's like, he's perturbed by what he's doing. <laughs> and like, there's that other Bill. Did you get that picture I sent you of him, where it looks like he's trying to walk like a normal person, and his yeah. legs are just his legs are just solidly straight, and he walks N- like no, a weirdo. No, no. The opposite. Instead of his knee flexing like a normal human's, it's flexing the opposite way. <laughs> what? It's almost like when he got. Uh, I went to say when he got out of bed in the morning. Sorry, when he uh, discharged himself from his docking station in the morning, it's like he, he put his mechanical legs on backwards. And yeah, you could pick, you could just Google Mark Zuckerberg uh, walking his dog, and yeah, that straight away is empirical evidence. Mark Zuckerberg is definitely not fucking human, and I'm saying this unironically now. I'm breaking character, and I'm telling you, this has got to be genuine. He, he he can't be human. I mean, look at the way he walks. Even that picture now, where he's on the jets, is it? Uh, no, he's like a, he's waterboarding, isn't he? Like uh, when a I say waterboard, oh yeah, 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 a paddleboard. Because yeah. waterboarding, he's not a Guantanamo Bay or anything like that. He's on a paddleboard, and like he's wearing sun cream, but it's like, hmm, is this how a human is supposed to wear sun cream? And his face is fucking caked in it, like he's read the instructions, and he's thought of almost as if like, is this one? Is this what a human is supposed to do? And if you look at the picture, he's just. Yeah, there is definitely something inhuman about him, definitely. Which means Facebook, Facebook, sorry, Facebook is obviously some kind of mind-altering app. Hold on, you know, are you trying to say that Mark Zuckerberg isn't real? No, no, no. Mark, the concept of Mark Zuckerberg is real, but just not as a human. Not as a human, right? What not if as he a is human. Facebook. What if he is Facebook? Yeah. What if he's and actually there, walking, a walking? And, and there isn't. And he's had to build. And Facebook has had to build a robot. Now that makes sense. That that is the perfect, 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 totally reasonable uh, excuse. He is. He's basically a walking uh, data server. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could. Be, I mean, it could be, couldn't it? 
And like that's the whole that point. Backwards. That's the whole point of Facebook is that you upload your picture and your personal details. So when he's out and about, uh, out and about walking his uh, mechanical dog, obviously, because that's definitely not got to be real either. He's able to like scan our faces because he, well, he he could do data recognition because obviously we've already uploaded our stuff to the cloud, haven't we? So when Mark's walking mm-hmm. his dog or paddleboarding, <laughs> and you're, you know you're out having a having a swim in the sea, you know he can, straight away he can zone zone in on you. But to to uh, to what reason he's doing that, I I don't know. Could be government. Let, could let's be recap birds. the story so far. Then we've got we've got robot mechanical birds. We've got mechanical cows now, and we've now got the the overlord that is mechanical Mark Zuckerberg. Well, here's the thing. I know a lot of people can somewhat disprove uh, about the birds and the cows, but with Mark, come on, that's that's really hard to defend against. If you just look at the images of him, he's inherently a fucking robot. Can you hear me? I mean, it's still, it's still, I can hear you. I can hear you fine. Yeah, it's just a bit delayed, but it's all right. It doesn't matter. Well, that's all right. You can still hear me. You can still record me. That's perfect. Right. What we need. Is my voice delayed? No. Is your voice eight? So. Is my voice delayed? <laughs> no, that's right. That's no, right. We'll be right. Hello. What are we doing now? <laughs> We've just completely uh, lost the fucking plot. Mark Zuckerberg has fucking thrown us from. <laughs> I feel like we should restart this. Just I don't from the start. Just, just, just edit it out. Just edit this bit out. Yeah, fucking the whole place. We start again. Oh yeah. Right. I thought I was just cancelling the episode at this point. Right, it's just, yeah. Let's, let's go See straight to the topic. Well done, guys. See you later. See you next week. Right. <laughs> yeah, Andy, don't actually log off this topic you did fucking last week. Jesus. Right. What do you mean? I didn't. Anyway, right, let's go. <laughs> oh, I thought you went then. Fuck me. Right, anyway, let's get straight into the topic before we fucking take another three hours to go over an episode. Right, this this week, uh, diets episode two. It's where last, last, uh, last episode of diets, we covered the veganism diets. We're going to go full circle, complete opposite. We're going to go down the carnivore diet where they do the complete opposite. Of what vegans do, and that is just eat purely meat, mainly beef, like steaks and stuff. That's their sort of main go-to. So, what what is the carnivore diet then? Uh, you basically eliminate all plant foods. That includes like your oils, uh, sugars as well. So, by eliminating all your sugars, it's essentially a no-carb diet as well. Really, is what they're, is what they're aiming at. But we'll get into that anyway. Uh, mainly beef, as I said. So they have steak a lot. So it's not it's not unheard of for someone to have steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mad. Drink wise, normally like purists will basically go for water or bone broth, which is obviously unusual again. But that's because I mean, carnivore cavemen, brilliant, yeah. But some of the ones who aren't, let's say, purists, they will have tea and coffee and things like that. So not strict carnivores, but the, you know, they're doing the rest of the stuff. Okay, you can't have any seasoning as well. So if you want to have a bit of seasoning on your steak, that's not allowed. You're not allowed any sauces. Basically, any condiments really is, is not allowed. So that, that's essentially what the carnivore diet is. Um, in this episode, we're basically going to go through all the claims. Uh, it's going to be completely, uh, it's not going to be biased, we're not going to be biased about it at all. We're going to try and, I've actually tried to defend it as much as I can, but you'll probably find out that I, I haven't done a very good job. A, a vegan uh, we were going defending to get, carnivore. I know, yeah, a vegan, vegan. Well, that's, yeah. Know, okay. Yeah, but, no, <laughs> but no, what, we were going to try and get a guest on, to be fair, someone who actually is a carnivore, but. Um, What's his name? Do look on social media. Car- carnivore Aurelius, if you're out there and you're listening. Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking zealot, isn't he? Jesus. I mean, he's the type of person who we'd have to get on the episode. Yeah, you're a fucking nipple. <laughs> I don't think they we have got him in... on this episode. The problem is, I don't think you can get internet in the caves that these people dwell in. <laughs> well, yeah. De- de- definitely not a biased podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But no, we're gonna we're not gonna be biased at all. We're gonna get into it. 
I think it is important to mention though that like it's even though the main source is meat, it, yeah, they can include like some dairy. So like something obviously not like a something that's heavy in lactose because that's considered to be sugar, carbohydrates. But I mean things like a uh, poultry, so things like eggs and stuff like that. They will consume other animal products, but meat seems to be like in a template of the carnivore diet. Meat is the daddy, and it does seem to be like a a pattern of it usually being red meat as well. So obviously when we say meat, yeah, red meat. A lot of us tend to just think of a steak straight away. But obviously we got you know at the end of the day we've got fish. We've also got things like chicken as and well. Lamb, lamb is a big one. So of the yeah. primary primary foods allowed are beef, steak, pork, lamb chops, ground beef, turkey, chicken, uh, salmon, sardines, anchovies, whole eggs, bacon, sausages, some deli meats, uh, beef, chicken liver, lard, towel, and bone marrow. That's what I'm looking at at the moment. There's a lot of flex with some of them, especially the purists. If you're going to get things like chicken, it would have to be like a chicken leg with all the skin on it. It couldn't be like a freshly packed chicken breast because it's kind of, that's a bit too processed for them. They want it to be, it's basically minimal was done to it as possible. So it's kind of that, that carnivore caveman style sort of thing, you know. We say that, but there's always going to be those types that say, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the carnivore diet when actually they're eating food that has been processed one way or another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So they'll say it just simply because it's a, a cool buzzword. But it's like, it's like the, pa- uh, the paleo crew, the paleo crew who are like, um, oh, we eat what cavemen, our ancient ancestors used to eat. But then they'll go and eat paleo Pop-Tarts, things that, yeah, you know... Yeah, we spoke about cave- this last week, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. So you will get some like outliers where they, they're they trying to do this appeal to nature fallacy when re- in reality they're eating something that's been processed one way or another. I mean, simply by meat being put into a package is processed, processed. in the day, isn't it? Yeah, I was, I, I was under, I was under the illusion that all food, no matter where where it comes from, has been processed to some some yeah. degree. Unless you literally go out and get an animal, kill Unless it. Unless you kill it, it yourself yourself. and drag it into your yeah, kitchen yeah. and grow it in your garden and pull it straight out of the roots. It's <laughs> grow, kind of grow, been... grow an animal in a garden. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a horse of mine. <laughs> I mean, another thing about the carnivore diet is it tends to have a, quite a heavy popularity in regards to eating the meat raw as well. Mm. Yeah, I so, that. Yeah, so how you know how do you like a steak? Oh, fucking still breathing uh, or blue? What is it like? Blue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, blue. Which is stupid. me personally. That's that's off putting. I do like uh, you know I, I do like uh, meat in particular. I like red meat, and I admittedly do consume too much of it, well over the recommended guidelines in regards to health. But you know I I, I like my steak medium rare, but yeah, I don't know I don't something like a, a blue steak to me is just really off putting, really off putting. But I suppose if you want to be a pure carnivore, then that's kind of your. It's going to be in your head, isn't it? I've got to do it properly. I want to do it properly. Especially when you're new do to it, you probably go in full full. Is whack, it more? A, is it more a statement thing then? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I'm a real one. I'm a fucking proper carnivore fucking diet. I, I would, yeah, I would maybe. say for some people, yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got to be, ain't it? Like you're doing that. Um, it's almost like a, a cult. And if you look at a kind of Pete, we said to me, all the diets have got their, they've all got their own, they've all got their own cult side, haven't they? They've all got two sides of yeah. it to the coin, haven't they? All of these diets. So it's yeah. Tangible. And I mean, carnivore in particular does seem to appeal to these people that you know want to drive big trucks. And yeah. uh, you know, have the Confederate flag on the back of it, but I mean, that's just a well, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the stereotypes, isn't it? it? But that normally seems to be the case, isn't it? Right, if we get into the claims, then lads, should we get straight? Let's get straight into the um, into the claims. There's, there's a lot of claims they've made. We're going to obviously try and you know defend them, give our points, give the evidence for and against. But our cow's I mean, real, and, yeah, yeah. We're moving on, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
First one, uh, big one they, they always claim is that it's going to help you with, with weight loss. So we'll get into the kind of the reasons why you may lose weight on this. But one of the big things they do claim is is insulin spikes. And they say because you're having carbs a lot, you're going to get insulin spikes. And that's going to help you with weight loss. And I'm going to I'm going to break it down to why the science behind it and why they think it's so insulin. Uh, we'll start with the first one, sorry. Insulin inhibits lipolysis, I think it's pronounced. So basically yeah. what that means is you're getting fewer fatty acids are available to fuel your muscles and other me- metabolically active tissues. So basically insulin spikes are turning off your ability to burn fat, fat burning mode. Like a little, yeah, fat burning. That's basically what they're, that's basically what, what they're saying. So that, that's, that's one of their claims. The next one is... I like how they both did the quotation marks then. Perfect. Next one is insulin stimulates lipogenesis. So that's like your fat storage mode again. Uh, lipo genesis can cause carbs to be converted and stored as fat this is called de novo lipogenesis so one thing to note though which is completely throws this big bullshit into the fucking into the sea is that this only happens when in meaningful amounts anyway so the only reason you're going to get fat basically is when you're in a constant calorie and carb surplus which obviously makes complete fucking sense because you're not going to get fat unless you're in a constant calorie surplus so the fact they're saying that this lipogenesis is making you fat is not it's because you're in a constant calorie surplus, which is making this thing more me- happen in more meaningful amounts. So, but we've also got other things as well, which can inhibit lipogenesis. So it doesn't just happen. We've got leptin, uh, growth hormone, acute increases in cortisol. These all inhibit lipogenesis as well. Okay, so you're not just going to eat carbs and then get fat straight away. There are bit things in your body stopping that from happening. And if you're on a balanced diet anyway, then you shouldn't. It shouldn't really be happening anyway. Basically, the bottom line on that on that thing is. There's absolutely no evidence to say that you are going to gain weight if you're on a calorie deficit. So if you're on a calorie deficit, there's absolutely, I don't think there's any evidence. I mean, bearing in mind if you've got things like water weight, but if you're on a calorie deficit, I don't think, Tom, have you seen any evidence which will say if you're on a calorie deficit, you're going to gain weight at a rate of knots? I mean, not particularly. I mean, there's uh, plenty of evidence to say the exact opposite. Uh, and, you know, it comes down to the fundamentals of thermodynamics, which is energy in versus energy out, which, uh, you know, for the more sciencey people, it comes down to yeah, calories in versus calories out. In hindsight, that's not really sciencey. That's a really basic bitch. But yeah, I mean, it's the more you consume, no matter what the food group is, you know, if you consume an excess amount of calories, no matter where those calories are coming from, whether it be carbohydrates or fat or even protein, because protein can you know go into fat storage, you know, you will gain weight. And if you consume less calories than what you are burning, you will lose weight. It, you, you can cherry pick your words here a bit, and that is, does can the carnivore diet cause weight loss? Yeah, yeah, it can. But you have to go deeper into that. Why does it cause weight loss? So first of all, let's not make any fucking mistakes here. It is down to you creating a calorie deficit. And there's several different ways this kind of happens. Um, well, no, it happens because of a calorie deficit, but there's a lot of ways the carnivore diet can attribute to a calorie deficit and the main insulin one is today, it's got fuck all to do with insulin you know <laughs> insulin is like this uh the, the, the demon under under your bed and no doubt you're going to get loads of like personal well, training what did i just say then all that all them stats if i said that to someone it was like all this lipogenesis like all this bollocks and i said that to someone who was not like in the topic they would think that sounds legit they'd think oh yeah fuck me i'm my lipolysis is through the roof well, yeah if you if you don't know this is this is going to be like wow these guys know what yeah. the fuck insulin spikes about. fuck but this is what yeah. it comes down to uh, you use like a lot of uh, uh word salad there a lot of science gobbledygook yeah, so you, uh, yeah, leptin ghrelin etc and it's like yeah yeah it does get impacted by the carnivore diet, but in what way? So, 
ghrelin and leptin. Those are two hormones that are back to back, but they're separate in their functions. So le- they're, they're hunger hormones, basically. Yeah. Leptin is what tends to keep you feeling fuller for longer, and ghrelin tends to increase your appetite. Now, in regards to insulin, insulin can drive fat storage, yeah. But the whole thing about the carnival diet is, oh, it lowers your... It, it, it prevents insulin spikes, but actually not really because protein, high intakes of protein spikes insulin. Now, when you're on a carnival diet, you are consuming lots of fat, high yes. Protein. <laughs> but what else are you consuming? Protein, exactly what you said. And what does protein do? It spikes insulin. So that straight away is a really fucking stupid argument. Uh, but on top of that, how does it aid in weight loss? Well, it's simple. One, you're cutting out a fucking massive amount of different food groups. When you cut out massive food groups, you are potentially, most likely in fact, going to be consuming less calories. On top of that, you're having high intakes of fat and protein, both of which are really, and I can never pr- pronounce this word properly, uh, satiating. They keep you full. Uh, so what's, what's the science term? Uh, meat sweats. <laughs> we get the meat sweats, don't we? When you consume lots of protein in particular, or let's say just say meat, you know it does tend to keep you feeling fuller for longer, doesn't it? Whereas things like uh, carbohydrates, unless it's something like a, uh, you know, a carbohydrate like po- uh, boiled potatoes, etc., those tend to fill you up really rapid. But it's very, very hard to overconsume meat. And you know, there's plenty of evidence there that shows that protein does increase your satiety. Society, blah, blah, I can never pronounce it. Your fullness, basically. So yeah, it, you know, a carnivore diet. Tom, I've can- got a really good. Um- what you've said about the the hunger thing, I think it's, I was going to touch on this study I found. It's actually quite interesting. So that's another thing about. So even if we put away the weight loss side of the high insulin thing, they say that high insulin will make you hungry and eat more. So they're saying because you're having all these carbs, your insulin is going to spike. It's going to make you more hungry. You're going to want to eat more. That's why you're gaining weight on a non-carnivore diet. So obviously, what you said there, you've got leptin, ghrelin, you've got amylin, you've got CCK, GLP-1. These all impact hunger. So it's not just it's not just insulin which is going to make you hungry. But what this study did, so it's a really good study, this one, it basically took 20, uh, 20 participants, all of them were non-diabetic, so don't, if someone's going to come back and say, well, it's only from diabetes, well, none of them were non-diabetic, and what they yeah. did was, they, they did an alternation, so one week, they were on a high-fat, low-carb diet, and then the other week, they would go on a, um, what, what did I just say, they would go on a low-fat, so yeah, low-fat, high-carb, high-fat, low-carb, low is that right? That was yeah. yeah, basically the opposite of what I'm saying. I've, I've probably fucking absolutely butchered that. Whatever, the, that's, whatever that's what they said did. first, they're doing yeah, the opposite. Yeah, opposite of that, yeah. Yeah. So I've got some interesting results here then. So this this is kind of to go with this, if, if high carbs will make you more hungry. So basically, the pe- people ate 544 fewer daily calories on the plant-based low-fat diet. And the, thing, the key thing is, they were given enough food and they said, eat what you want. So they said, eat until you're full, basically. They were given like the same sort of portions, but they just said, like, eat, eat until you're full, basically. And they actually ate 544 fewer daily calories on this plant-based diet. And then when they asked them, how did you feel? Participants reported that both diets, so this is on both diets, reported the same in terms of, um, there was no differences in satisfaction, fullness, or eating capacity. So people on both sides of the diet even when they both alternated they said there was no difference basically in their fullness or satisfaction so that just shows that sorry is is that because of the fact that it was a week long like all, all i've been reading and is like go carnival 45 days go carnival 30 days yeah. 
is it a very like they're looking? But this one, this, 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 this study wasn't like a carnivore diet. It wasn't a kind of. This was like just just basic high fats. This could be anything. It, it didn't actually yeah, but specify. This is what, no, it but I'm said talking high like, fat, low carb. It, it, is this a fact that it's it's like a week long study? Yeah. Is, is is that even long enough to see a big enough change? Do you know? That's all I, I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean, but I think it's just interesting. That they both alternated on the weeks. They both went on a, a diet for a week long, both both sets of people. So they obviously split in half and then they swapped and did the same thing and they didn't notice any difference in terms of hunger levels or satisfaction. And maybe you think maybe, you would, wouldn't you really? I mean, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. If you were, you were eating the same amount, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a weird one for me. I mean, there is other studies and other evidence out there that kind of points towards... Uh, veganism and a vegetarian diet you do tend to consume lower calories um yeah that's me covid okay i'll sell up bruce lee then (laughs) (laughs) doing a fly kick through the room but yeah i mean uh being a, a having a vegan or vegetarian diet you do tend to consume less calories uh, I mean, we do know that those that tend to stick to those particular diets as well, they you do tend to have a lower yeah. BMI. But what I want to I want to notice one thing as well on this on this study as well. It's important that the fact they said that high insulin makes you hungrier. They know on this study they found that glucose and insulin levels were actually substantially lower on the animal based high fat low carb diet. So they had lower insulin levels than that, but people reporting there was no real difference in satisfaction or sort of hunger levels, which kind of, in the, I mean, I know it's a small study, but it's kind of showing there that the high insulin didn't really make a difference in terms of the hunger levels, really. And I think that's just because there's all these other factors that come into play in hunger. It's not just insulin. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like insulin gets demonized a hell of a lot, and it is usually the, the buzzword that is particularly the keto crowd tend to use, that, oh, insulin is, the, is what makes us fat, basically. And it's like... Once again, we've got studies out there that show that is simply not the case. We've had people lose weight on the Pop-Tart diet. We've had people lose weight on the Twinkie diet as well. Uh, admittedly, with the Twinkie, here's the thing as well. Like, it's when people say, "Oh, you know, <sighs> insulin is quite, uh, you know, it's, it's addictive, increases hunger, etc." And it's usually down to, "Oh, it's because of sugar as well." Sugar, it's, it's, it's sugar that creates this addictiveness, but actually. Take the Twinkie in particular. It's everyone always demonizes sugar, therefore insulin, because you know insulin and sugar, are, you know, intrinsically linked. But it's like, well, actually, a lot of these highly processed foods are not processed with just sugar. It's a combination of sugar and fats. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going off subject a little bit there. But yeah, in regards to insulin, it's like if your insulin spikes and you are still in a calorie deficit consistently, you will lose weight. But here's the thing as well is we have to we have to dif- differentiate the difference between weight loss and fat loss because as you kind of mentioned earlier on in the podcast weight loss weight loss isn't always fat loss uh, a lot of different Maybe things water, can do- yeah. yeah a lot of literally not taking a shit in the morning you know what I mean affects your weight what you eat affects your weight uh, you know taking a piss you lose weight yeah taking a piss you know uh, if, if you're female and it's you know certain time of the month etc it's there's so many different factors that affect our weight so fat loss is fat loss but weight loss in particular going back to like the carnivore diet and like eliminating carbohydrates etc carbs do tend to hold on to a lot of water so if you was to if one day you wake up and you decide you're, let's say you wake up you're already on a, uh, a regular diet that con- where you consume carbohydrates yeah and you decide actually i want to go carnivore now in that first week you pretty much cut out all carbs what is going to happen 
in that first week, you're going to drop a shit ton of water weight. You're not losing more fat than anyone else on a regular calorie deficit. If they was to say go high carb, low fat, okay, you might lose more weight in the first week, but not necessarily more fat. But obviously, you, you get that honeymoon period where you're like, holy shit, I've lost 10 pounds in a week. It's like you, you, you've not lost 10 pounds of fat in a week. You've just. And this is this is the problem, Tom. You're getting these fucking you're getting these lunatics putting on these fucking Reddit forums saying, "Oh, I've lost all this weight on the first few weeks of the carnivore diet," and all these anecdotal fucking evidence that people are reading and getting excited over when it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just like, stated there. It's water don't, weight. Don't get me wrong. You have lost that weight, but you need to differentiate yeah, between it, weight, uh, well, weight and fat because our weight fluctuates all the time. We've all, we've already talked about this previously that most most di- most diets have like the best effect at the very, very start because you're changing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing a drastic yeah. change. Everything gets stripped out. We, we, we know that. And I I was looking at it. It seems too good to be true here from what I was reading. And like what I was saying to you guys, I was like, I'm going to give this a go. But deep down, I kind of know that it is a fucking wrong way to go. And it might work and it might do something really great if I just cut out all my carbs for 30 days, cut out for a month, I, I might see a drastic change. Yeah, in the sense that I'll have no fucking no, like all my water weight, all my like podgy bits have gone. It'd be amazing, but fucking hell, thirty years down the line, I'll be in shit stay inside. Surely. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the other reasons why about the other reasons for it. But I think if, sometimes people talk about diets. If it's sustainable for you and you're getting on with it quite well and it's helping you lose weight, yeah. and that's fair enough because I mean, if it's sustainable, it's great. But I, I don't, I don't think the carnivore diet's sustainable. But it's that if, if it works for someone, it works for someone. Here's the thing, and I know we're going to end up discussing this later on in the podcast. And yeah, there's a lot of there is a lot of evidence on both sides of the fence in regards to this. So I would actually agree with you, even in regards to things like, okay, keto to an extent, if you generally think it's something that you could do long-term, then whatever, go for it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, great, yeah. Um, unless you're a family member or someone I actually care about. But, you know, in regards to carnival, <laughs> in regards to the carnival diet, it's like, okay, you might have this success um, quite quickly at first. And you know what? It might even improve health markers because, you know, you are... You, if, if you're someone that's obese and you drop a considerable considerable amount of uh, body fat, you know, it might improve health markers. And I say might because obviously there's other lifestyle factors at play. But it's like one of those things where, well, what about if you're doing the carnival diet two years on? Because the thing is, at first you will get that honeymoon period of, oh, okay, my health markers have sort of improved here. But over time, you've increased your saturated fat intake. And this is where... You know, if we've got a carnivore, you know, that is for some reason, you know, going against their appeal to nature fallacy and are designed to use technology by listening to this podcast, for whatever reason, they're probably going, but saturated fat is good for us now. It's been debunked. It's been debunked. I know I'm jumping the gun well, here. Well, well, we're, well, yeah, well, we're here. right. Go on, Bill. I'm going into it Go now. On. I'm going to now. Right. So another, another claim, better heart health. And the reason that people come back against better heart health is because carnivore diet you're eating fatty bits of meat so naturally it's high in saturated fat and that's why people say how can you have better heart health if you're eating so much saturated fat well i'm here to tell you now about to blow all your fucking minds there are no links between saturated fat and cardiovascular heart disease yeah basically there's no links is what i'm saying i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some studies now and these are fucking hot these are shit hot studies right so first one meta-analysis which we've spoke about before which is like a big bunch of studies put together which basically makes it bomb proof all comes to a conclusion you can't go wrong. Right, so the first one here then is they were talking about how a reduction in saturated um, fat is supposed to, supposed to improve your heart health. Well, let me tell you. This is a 5 to 23 year follow-up 
of 347,747 subjects. All right? That's a big number, isn't it? That's a very big number. 11,000 developed CHD or stroke. Intake of saturated fat was not, I repeat, was not associated with an increased risk. All right? So basically, the conclusion of this study was, I'll have a link to the show notes when I have a look, is this meta-analysis basically said that saturated fat is not, I mean, there's, there's more data needed to, to prove it, basically, because from this study, which was massive, it's saying, no, there's no links. I'm not, I'm not finished. So before you jump in, guys, I'm not finished. So people no, do say, going, lower, your satu- lower your saturated fat, increase your uh, non-saturated, polysaturated fat, okay? Polyunsaturated fat, sorry. They say increase that um, and lower your saturated fat, improve your heart health. Well, I've got another meta-analysis, haven't I? I'm, I'm here again. This one basically was to prove that there's no difference between the two. So if you had high intakes one, high intakes the other, there'd be no difference. Right, so the conclusion of this study, once again, I'm not going to go through all of it. If you want to have a read from it, it will be in the show notes. But this study basically said that there was, if you were to lower your saturated fat and increase your intake of polyunsaturated fat, which is classed as healthy fat, then you're, um, you're, it's unlikely basically to reduce cardio cardiovascular heart disease, is what it's saying. So it's saying there's no point doing it. And we've got another one. We've got another one. I'm telling you now, mate, saturated fat is a winner. Right, final study then, lads. This one is an absolute another whopper. So this is another um, meta-analysis again. So as we know, these are these are absolute bomb-proof, aren't they? Uh, 32 observational studies. This was 530,000 participants. So again, you know, it's a huge, huge amount of uh, people there. And we'll go straight to conclusion here, if once again, if you want to read the whole thing. Uh, basically, current evidence does not clearly support cardiovascular guidelines that encourage high consumption of polyunsaturated fatty acids and low consumption of total saturated fat. So this was a study that looked at 530,000 participants and it found there was no links between lower in saturated fat and higher in saturated fat. So from these three absolute whopping studies, I mean, it just seems like I couldn't find any other stuff. I, I, I literally looked it up straight away. So if you're a carnivore and you're looking up, is saturated fat actually bad for you? And you come across these studies, you're going to think straight away, aren't you, that there's no link between heart disease and high saturated fat, which is what we've been led to believe, isn't it? We're always told to limit our saturated fat, but well, it's yeah. the uh, Tom, have you got any? have you got any points on this, mate? Have you got any, any comebacks? Or Nope, I've gone fully carnivore <laughs> uh, during the speech. Um, see you all next week. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, look, <clears throat> so I, I've said it myself many, many times, in regards to research, the, the meta-analysis is like, it's the cream of the crop, do you know what I mean? Um, apparently, you can even get something like a, a, called a giga-analysis, which I've never fucking even seen before, but uh, yeah, like the meta-analysis is like, on, on, a, on a hierarchy pyramid, it is like the very top. It is the cream of the crop when it comes to evidence. Because what it is, is it's you take several studies rather than just one and you compile a conclusion from those several studies. That's quite good, isn't it? It's like you're trying to solve a crime and instead of relying on one witness, you have potentially hundreds at some time. 32 in this last one, mate. 32. Amazing, isn't it? However, sometimes a mate analysis can kind of be a bit shit. And the reason why is because, well, what if every single one of those individual studies you have picked has a flaw. Admittedly, nutrition isn't always my forte. So what I tend to do is I tend to go to people that have a lot more better credentials, experience, and the capacity to objectively think. So sometimes what I do is I go and look at both sides of the fence and I can give an opinion from there because you know I feel like I'm quite a good objective thinker. So here's the thing, when it comes to 
nutritional epidemiology. Um, when I mean epidemiology, it's it's basically where you look at like the 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 medicinal outcomes in regards to. In fact, let me fucking Google the definition that make a lot more sense. So epidemiology. The branch of medicine which deals with the incidence, distribution and possible control of diseases and other factors relating to health. So when we talk about nutritional epidemiology, it's pretty much to do with the effect of nutrition on health. And sometimes when we do things like cohorts, etc., we're just kind of looking for a pattern. If we was to purposely try and poison people with saturated fat, it could be seen as quite unethical, as you can imagine. You know, so basically my stance on that is that we need more unethical science. But no, I mean, so um, Alan Flanagan, uh, the nutritional advocate, he recently did a reply to Stan Efferden, who is, uh, Stan Efferden, sorry, who is basically he's a creator of the vertical diet. And so the thing is, Stan was bigging up pretty much what you was bigging up, Bill. You know, the whole idea that, you know, there is no uh, correlation between heart disease, you know, cancer, pretty much any kind of disease to saturated fat intakes. And he was creating all his meta-analyses, etc. And Alan said pretty much the same thing that I said, which is, you know, these meta-analyses, if you take the individual studies and actually look between the lines, sometimes the data is not as relevant as what we'd hope in regards to the conclusion. I mean, a good point he made in, I'm actually going to quote what he left in this comment here. So uh, that meta-analysis that found it reduced at risk of stroke Statistical weight was driven by Japanese cohorts with a mean intake of 18 to 24 grams per day, in effect upholding a minor, uh, less than 10% threshold. So basically, I mean, current guidelines is that we consume less than 10% of our calories from saturated fat. However, in a lot of these studies, particularly Japanese ones, this, the subjects were already consuming less than the maximum recommended amount. So it's like, where are you getting point, this? It's a pointless study, isn't it? It's a pointless study. Yeah, of course where, they're fine because where are you less. getting these results from? You're eating less. But once again, it's where it comes down to the ethics. We can't really inherently harm people for the sake of science. Well, we can and we fucking should. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can't feed people high levels of saturated fat, can you, to prove a point? It's not, yeah, precisely. It's not ethical, is it? <laughs> I mean, another, one of, another one of those studies you sent me was uh, from the 60s. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you get arguments where people say, oh my God, that... That study is really old. It's from the 80s. It's from the 90s. It's from the 70s. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter. As long as the methodology is good, it doesn't really matter when the fuck it's from. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we're still abiding by science that was done in the early 1900s. I mean, obviously, we now know that Earth is flat, but that's a different story for a different time. So science can be wrong. But it's one of those studies you sent me was questionable, the one from the 60s, because it's like how they figured out people's fiber intake so because we was going we was talking about um no does does fiber help with health etc yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get into we'll get into the fiber anyway but yeah go on oh sorry but yeah i'll, I'll quickly cheat a little bit here and say like because this is an example of how sometimes the studies can be flawed and how they found out people's fiber intake was they were simply just doing a questionnaire but they didn't they didn't constitute as well they didn't fit a criteria of well what are we considering as a high fiber diet here if you're going to compare a study of oh a high fibre diet compared to a low fibre diet, already you need to have lines drawn and say, okay, what we're considering is a low fibre diet and what is a high fibre diet. And there was no actual lines drawn in the meter that you sent me. It was just a simple case of, oh, these people said they consumed this many apples, etc., etc. And when it comes to a food questionnaire as well, there there are cases where sometimes people don't tell you the truth. They kind of tell you what they think they should be eating rather than what they are actually eating. 
Yeah, that's, that's always going to be the case, isn't it? And I mean, that's the, the problem. As you said, those studies there. Are, I mean, obviously, cats out of cats out of fucking hat now, and obviously, obviously, I wasn't bigging up those studies really. I was just stating them as like that's an argument for saying saturated fat. There's no links because those studies look pretty, on on the face of it, they look pretty bomb proof, didn't they? The numbers yeah. were there. I mean, I mean the study number of studies participants. Listen, in regards to saturated fat, you know, there is a there is a from the people that actually matter. So let's say the NHS guidelines, etc. There is a consensus. Sorry, a consensus that we should limit our saturated fat intake. I think for men, it's try and consume less than 30 grams of saturated fat um, a day. I've actually got some really good um, studies uh, from, you know, Mr. Cogfit, one of our little fucking friends from uh, Instagram. He's, oh, he sent me some really Jay. good studies. Yeah. yeah. He sent me some really good studies and links for like saturated fat and stuff. So I'm going to put them in the show notes if people want to have a read to actually Do you know see what? He should, proper you, evidence. You know? He should have been the fucking guy to get on for this instead of me. Oh, mate, I'm saving him. We've got him for yeah. the Mediterranean diet. Oh, yeah. A diet that's high in fat. Funny enough. Yeah, but, but, but what type of fat? We'll get to that in, a, in another episode. Joe, you know that's actually a good point. We've not even mentioned like saturated fat and what it is. Saturated fat is like, if you're boiled up, boiled, fucking hell, what a dick. Have you ever fried up mince and you poured the excess fat into a bowl? Yeah, down the drain. And it, and it could, oh, not down the drain, drain. that's really bad. No, yeah, it's pretty what? bad. <laughs> that, that actually, my missus fucking did that a while back. And I had to, on on my birthday, I had to fucking clear, unclog our drains. And that was a horrendous oh, no. day. On my fucking birthday, because she poured the fat down the sink. But yeah, at room temperature, it solidifies. But here's the thing, like, um, we get something called... You guys must have heard of good fats and bad fats before. Yeah, of course, everyone's heard of that. So you were saying uh, polyunsaturated fats, which is considered to be a good fat. fat, So if we were to put them in in their scientific terms, you get good fats, which are HDLs, high-density lipoproteins, and you get LDLs, low-density lipoproteins. And the clue is high-density and low-density. So... Here's the thing, I'm probably going to bastardise the description here, but if I was trying to get a picture in your head, so let's consider your arteries, etc. So you ever heard of the term clogged arteries? HDL is quite a, well, it's high density. It's a nice high density substance. So as that goes for your arteries, it can just go for your arteries and fuck off out your body the other end. But low density, it tends to be, well, exactly that, low density. It's cloudy. So what that means is because it's got such a low density, it can actually seep through the arterial wall which is where that plaque builds up, and that can create, you know, CBD, cardiovascular disease, etc., stuff like that, uh, particularly fucking heart attacks. And here's the thing, when we talk about saturated fat, you get the good fats, you get the bad fats, and the bad fats, the LDLs, those tend to be things like, um, you know, high-fat meats, etc. And, uh, you know, the, the HDLs, that tends to be like, well, the first thing I can think of is like a, an avocado, which would be an, a polyunsaturated fat. Well, most veg- vegetable. Oil. If you look at vegetable oils, they're normally um, they're normally really high in like them sort of uh, good fats, as you call them. And that's but that's another reason why people said, well, you cut all those out, you're carnivore diet. So yeah, and they tend to get demonised quite a lot. Vegetable oils for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't <laughs> all know why about because... moderation. Oh, of course, yeah, it is. yeah, because yeah. fats obviously a high calorie. It's fat calories. Are, what is it? Nine calories per gram of fat. So you think that's? I mean, that's probably why they get a bad rep. That if you have so a lot of it. If anyone's out there. Do the vegetable oil diet. All you can have is vegetable oil. <laughs> Drink it. <laughs> Give me six That'd days. Be bad, <laughs> Give me six days of drink it in the morning, lunch and dinner. Let me know how you get on. Let me know if you're feeling full. This is Andy's new book Jesus coming out. Oh, yeah, but I think <laughs> No, don't. No one do that. Ever. Yeah, no one ever do that. Please. 
but we're gonna have a lot of studies in reference to this anyway. So all these all these fat studies. If you're looking, if you're really interested, look in the show notes. Especially I know on Spotify the show notes get a bit fucked up. So if you want to get the real good show notes, head to our website chatshitgetfit.com. We have like a really good list of show notes in there, which kind of gives you basically all the studies. You can go and have a read of them, and you can kind of get an idea of where we've got our information from. We haven't just pulled out of a fucking arse and gone saturated fat is bad because we actually have got studies which say the opposite. But as Tom said, those studies are not yeah. very good. And in, re- in regards to counter studies, here's the thing. Rather than just rip off counter studies here, I'll just give them to you in the show notes, including the recommendations from like the NHS, um, who else, sorry, the fucking, you know, the British Journal of Nutrition, the, the consensus from the people that actually matter, from compiled evidence, not just from a single or two mate analysis, but they've, they've looked at both sides of the argument and come to a conclusion. The, rel- the relevant authorities, I'll say. Right, lads, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one then. So another big claim that they like to make on the carnivore diet is that it will lower your inflammation. So they're not saying that a normal diet is kind of like it's going to be better or it's going to be worse, but they're just saying that, it, you know, on that diet, it's going to, you're going to lower inflammation on this, on this carnivore diet. So the problem I found with this is then, so I could not find any decent evidence to support this. I don't know if you guys found anything at all, but I, I, I found one study. I'll get to that in a second, unless you, because it's a really shit study, but I'll get to it. But have you found any sort of decent evidence to support that? That the carnivore diet will, you know, inherently lower inflammation? No. Tom, you got, did you find any evidence? No, not really. I mean, we kind of chatted a little bit before the podcast in regards to things like inflammation, etc., or anything that kind of, it's like anything that kind of irritates you dietary wise. I mean, you can do like an elimination diet, which is what the carnivore kind of diet is at first, is you're cutting out a massive amount of food. But then with like a FODMAP and elimination diet, what you do is you'd slowly reintroduce food bit by bit. And eventually it's a process of elimination. You, If you eventually add something that kicks off your irritations again, then you know it's it's that. So yeah, don't get me wrong. There might be certain foods that irritate you that going onto a carnivore diet might eliminate but it's not necessarily because you've gone to the carnival diet. Yeah, and this is it's the issue, mate. You, it's all anecdotal, fucking. It's all anecdotal, yeah. isn't it? It's not, there's no science behind their claims of saying the carnivore diet loading. It's people going on forums. You know? Yeah, if you've cut out like a massive food group, chances are you've probably cut out the thing that was irritating you in the first place, yeah. if there even was anything. I was going to say because you you can go through life having mild fucking inflammations, irritations with food, but it'd be so little and mundane that you can just get get on with it you know and there's like tests you can do now nowadays that tell you what foods actually irritate you like mildly and you should look away from and it gives you like a, a low medium and high risk of oh food foods. intolerance tests yeah that sort of stuff what we're talking about here is a uh, systematic information isn't it because you've obviously got localized information which is like if someone was to punch you in the face and you start swelling up i mean that's localized yeah, but i'm not saying take that test am i that's what i'm saying no, that's what yeah. i'm saying like i just want to make it clear that we're talking about systematic information and not saying if you eat a bit of broccoli you're going to get a swelling on your arm <laughs> that's not that's not yeah. we're not talking about the information we're talking about in like systematic you wake up you're gonna you're gonna eat you're gonna eat some cheese and wake up with a fucking broken nose just it's yeah, exactly, yeah. crazy yeah but so what I, what I did find then so obviously we've also we basically said it's anecdotal evidence but i i found so tom i sent you this didn't i this was this was a study that was quoted on a carnival website that was kind of their way of saying that look, there is a study saying that it definitely objective but this is a fucking this is yeah this is a there's a couple of things problems with this so basically this study took obese subjects which this article on carnival that i didn't mention in this study was on obese it just said that subjects it didn't say obese i forgot to fucking mention that they're all you know fucking really overweight um and basically what they did with these was they put them on a diet um high fat low carb diet 
But the thing I want to notice this is that they didn't mention the article once again. That this diet was really loosely controlled. So, yeah, it was high fat, low carb, but it wasn't really worried about what sort of foods they were eating. So, I mean, they could have been smashing anything, really, that was high fat. I mean, it could be anything. So that, that's obviously going to make a big impact on the results as well. So they should have been more focused on what they were eating. And basically what this study found was is that this small-scale study suggests that high-fat, low-carb diets may be more beneficial to cardiovascular health and inflammation in free-living obese adults compared to low-fat, high-carb. So that's, this article will never mention that either, that this, this is basically saying that it might help in obese adults. Not just any adults, obese adults. That is a pretty important factor that they was obese subjects. Of course it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, do you know, that kind of reminds me of... Um, that kind of reminds me of this story I heard years ago in regards to science and the whole like causation and correlation argument. And that is, oh, scientists one day decided to cut a frog's legs off. And the scientists, after cutting this frog's legs off, shouted at the frog, jump, you fucker, jump. And the frog didn't jump. So the scientists concluded that the frog was obviously deaf. There you go. It wasn't, it wasn't because they cut the, the frog's legs off. It's because it was deaf. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's emitting certain data, isn't it? It's emitting certain data, which is the which is the and I think that makes a point that that article. I'll try and find the article and put it back in the show notes. But it's it's the fact that it said it's we oh we found a massive study which fucking says you lower information, but they've admitted like but, the fact that it was, it was mean, a loosely controlled diet and they were all obese. This is like textbook cherry picking. <laughs> it is textbook cherry picking Absolutely, at the yeah. end of the day. So, then you've got anything else on? information so the fact that we found no real evidence basically just points that it's all anecdotal and it's just people putting on forums oh i've i've lowered information but it's like well yeah because you've just done what tom said you've you've eliminated an entire food group without going back and finding out what the actual culprit was yeah precisely that i mean yeah you you might lower your inflammation but it's through other means it's not inherently because you you could do that on the pop tart diet yeah exactly yeah. you could do that on any diet you decide to just pick one food to to eat consistently Unless that food, unless that food you pick to eat consistently is the one that irritates you or makes you inflamed, yeah, that'd be unlucky. <laughs> uh, which is fucking very lucky, but it's going to happen. You know, if I just go right, like for me, I I feel that I like obese people. I normally say if we're gonna if we're gonna cut food, let's cut bread. Do you know what I mean? Because nine times out of ten, that's the one they're smashing loads of. That, that's what I find happens. So it's like, right, let's just cut one thing out at a time and let's see what happens. And it's, and what, what you're doing is you're, tr- you're testing it and adjusting with someone's diet. I don't think it's very healthy on a personal opinion to just wipe everything out and go, yeah, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I just um, think it's a little bit dangerous. Next one then, gents, we'll move on to the, to the next uh, sort of claim that, that they make. Uh, that is that plant plants bad. Plant plants are very bad. And the reason they say plants are bad is anti nutrients. So anti nutrients are basically saying is that by eating these plants, you're actually inhibiting your ability to sort of absorb all the good stuff from the plants. So basically, because the plants have basically got this thing in them which is designed to, when like a I don't know like a little bug or something will go and eat them, is to stop them from doing it basically, so that the, the bugs won't eat the plants. But that, that's their that's their case for it. Isn't am I not confused on? The fact that you talk about cows and shit eat the plants and grass and the, all that sort of stuff to get the nutrients for us to get the meat and get it. The... <gasps> I'm going to come on to that actually, Andy, because there's, 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 we've got we got a bit on pesticides later, which we're going to go into, which is kind of linking. But I don't think I can handle too much more at the moment. My head is fucking blown. 
I don't know. I don't know what to eat. Right, Twinkie diet for me. I'm out. <laughs> Health markers instantly improved. But yeah, um, I mean, in regards to you know the whole anti-nutrients thing, like honestly, God, citation desperately fucking needed there. I mean, I just I've I've I'd I'd never even heard that before, and it's just ludicrous. I mean, because Cindy, the thing is, they are real. It's not it's not fake, but they. It, the, the effects of these anti-nutrients vary massively on the individual's metabolism and how you cook and prepare it. So when you actually boil vegetables, you kill all the anti-nutrients, basically. Uh, They're all sorry, fucking yeah, gone I anyway. I see what you mean now. Yeah, it's food. Yeah, but but even I then, did that just because I leave broccoli in for about 20 minutes boiling. That's because yeah, so I'm fucking shit. destroying all the um, good shit anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah. to... To be honest, I'm, I'm in that crowd as well. I boil the shit out of my broccoli. I boil it to death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually, absolutely pointless. You destroyed I, all the vitamins. I, I just I leave the oven on and go and have a sleep. You know, yeah. not the oven. I don't fucking oven my broccoli. The stove is what I'm yeah, in. Fucking <laughs> I'm not a very good cook. Yeah, we've discussed this in a previous podcast, didn't we? But you only oh. learned to cook when you were like 20, didn't you? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not made for cooking. I, you know, I'm, I'm made for carnivore. You know, yeah. eat, it, eat it raw. You know, including my broccoli. I'm a, I'm a broccoli carnivore. <laughs> but no, I mean, in regards to the this like different uh, different variations of food prep like uh, changing the nutrient density of, say, vegetables. I I do know of that, but to be honest with you, I do think it's massively overblown. Just like you, you, people seem to think that if they overboil their broccoli by a certain amount of time compared to, say, you know, uh, microwaving it in one of those microwave bags, etc., or steaming it, that they're completely killing the nutrient content. Yeah. And it's it's not that... It's really over-exaggerated. From what I can remember, it's over-exaggerated. I actually have a fucking book, Nutrition for Dummies, and it mentions it in there. Um, but yeah, said, mate, it's the same about anti-nutrients. That's over-exaggerated as well. It's, yeah, they're, they're basically all, making yeah. it sound like plants are toxic. Where it's such a, the thing is, the benefits outweigh the actual potential issues. So the benefits of vegetables are proven. We've got fucking numerous studies, numerous backing to, that say vegetables are good for you. they're trying to push their agenda. Yeah, they? yeah, of course so they are. So they're trying to... Find so, anything. They're yeah, picking any bit of data that they can find. anything they can to discredit... Like, just try and draw that line and say plants are bad. Once again, it's cherry picking and it's using words that fear monger as well. I yeah. mean, don't, doesn't fruit contains arsenic? Mm. You know, fruit contains arsenic. But once again, it's the the poisons in the dose, isn't Dosage. it? Dosage. You know, yeah, you can exactly, fucking poison yeah, yourself by drinking water at the end of the day. You get, um, you know, yeah, uh, water toxicity at the end of the day, but it's all due to the dosage. You know, this is just such a stupid argument that I, I feel ashamed to be on this podcast. <laughs> So we've 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 covered that. Basically, don't worry about vegetables. I don't know why they they're fucking with these anti nutrients. Think it's bollocks anyway. But so moving on to the next one. This is we're going to bring in that study Tom spoke about from like the nineties. It's we're talking about fiber now. So basically, in the on the carnivore diet, because you're eating literally just high fatty you know meats, you're not getting any fiber in your diet at all. And they're basically saying that's fine, even though we're told on numerous occasions from numerous sources fiber is good for us. So I found a good study here then from nineteen ninety nine. It basically says that. You don't you don't need fiber basically uh, for this was for colon cancer. So this is one of the reasons why you want fiber is because it can reduce your chances of getting colon cancer. So this study then basically it took eighty eight thousand seven hundred and fifty seven women who were thirty four to fifty nine years old. They had no history of cancer, inflammatory bowel diseases, or family polyposis. Uh, they all completed a dietary questionnaire in nineteen eighty, and during a sixteen year follow up, the they had 787 cases of 
colorectal is it how do you pronounce that colorectal cancer i think i've said that right i probably fucked it but never mind uh, basically the conclusion was this data of this study does not support the existence of an important protective effect of dietary fiber against colorectal cancer or edema and that's so they're basically saying you don't need fiber to reduce your chance of colon cancer this is the study we spoke about earlier an old study from 1999 and it took a lot of people there so you read that you think oh, okay that's that's a lot of people they've took there but tom over to you mate yeah, as I said, like, just because a study is old doesn't mean that we can throw, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. But it's one of those things where science is an ever-changing landscape. And I mean, look, I I have a fucking... I have something here from 2015. Uh, dietary fibre intake and risk of colorectal cancer and incident and recurrent adenoma in a prostate, lung, colorectal and ovarian cancer screening trial. And basically, they concluded... The large prospective study within a population-based screening trial suggests that individuals consuming the highest intakes of dietary fibre have reduced risks of incident colorectal adenoma and distal colon cancer, and that this effect of dietary fibre, particularly from cereals and fruit, may begin early in the colorectal carcinogenesis, which is basically a Gucci word for cancer. So, it's, it's one of those things where don't get me wrong as i said any study is helpful because it helps us to kind of like uh, come to various conclusions but as i kind of i pulled the trigger a bit too early in this podcast but that study that you mentioned bill which i then mentioned earlier on it's like the methodology was questionable like how they was finding out people's fiber intakes for one and two there was no criteria to what they was considered to be a high fiber intake do you know what I mean? It was very, it was almost random. And how was it, it this was almost controlled? Random. Like yeah, over it, such it a, a long period, survey so, after like yeah, after so many periods, how do they know that they haven't like what what were the parameters of everything that they did? What you could have done a study, go yeah, we're going to do this in fucking how many years? We'll do a survey at the end. Someone might have gone yeah, yeah, I'll do it, and then sacked it completely off. Yeah, it's a sixteen-year follow-up, mate. It's a long time to follow something up without any yeah. clear direction. So of what's a high a cohort study diet. is usually something Where's where the they continuity it, with anything. In regards to going back to saturated fat, once again, I mean, we also have studies that show dietary fiber can, you know, kind of like mitigate the dangers of saturated fat intake by increasing our dietary fiber. So we have dietary fiber and saturated fat intake with associations with cardiovascular disease differ by sex in the Malmo diet and cancer cohort, a prospective study. This was studied by Wallstrom et al. And let me just find a conclusion. They conclude that in this well-defined population, a high fiber intake was associated with lower risk of CVD, cardiovascular disease. But there were no robust associations between other macronutrients and CVD risk. Judging from this study, gender-specific nutrient analysis may be preferable in epidemiology. That fucking buzzword again. But yeah, I mean, it goes to show that, you know, having like a high fiber intake can also be protective against those that have like a high saturated fat intake as well. I'm fairly happy with that, lads. I mean, it's another thing that the carnivores like to go on about. And I said, I mean, you can obviously look at certain studies and cherry pick them. But if you, if you look at the thing, the people that actually matter you'll actually find that, once again, the recommendations for fibre are, you know, get, get keep your fibre intake up, and that's why you need to eat you know, plenty of fruit, plenty of vegetables, and that, all that will keep up, and that will you know, lower the risk of all these diseases and such. Another point to make about fibre is when we were talking earlier on in the podcast about how the carnivore diet can help with, make you, with weight loss because it makes you feel fuller for longer, well, that's what a high fibre intake does as well. 
you know, high fiber does that. You know, if you was to, not that I'm going to promote it, but if you was to go for an ultra low fat diet, but a high plant based carb diet, you know, I could just say like some well, kind of. What study I said diet. earlier, Tom? Do you not say about the study I heard earlier? But they ate less calories, but they ate sort of basically yeah. as much as they wanted, but they ate less calories because yeah. they were probably feeling fuller from all the veg. So here's the thing you are getting a high amount of volume of food with like a, a plant based diet, but not only that, you are getting that high amount of fiber as well. Well, it's, it's tricking the brain as well, isn't it? With with the fact that yeah, the way, pretty, like, we, like, lot, lot as a nation, plate. We, we scoff, don't we? We lean forward, we ram in our faces, and we eat as fast as possible to get as much in. But the idea is, like, they talk about, like, eat it, like, mouthful, chew it, let it, let your brain process that it's going down and stuff like that. Is that because you're, like, with the plant-based yeah. diet, because it's all going in, you're like, fucking hell, this is a lot, this is. Is that sending messages down saying, back off a little bit, we're getting full down here. Yeah, do you know what? Um, I was saying that, Andy, uh, that can go hand in hand with meat intake as well. Uh, what you just said is a good point. So here's the thing. When we think about digestion, we always just think, oh, the stomach. But digestion digestion starts at the mouth because you get my mechanical digestion, which is when you start chewing. And there is actually studies out that show people that tend to chew their food longer tend to – some of them – some of those results, it was like they didn't even finish their plates – do you know what I mean? But also it gives them a chance to, as you said, send a signal to register that actually I am feeling fuller. But yeah, you would get that with vegetables, but also you would get that with things like chewy meat as well. Because there's some meat where we tend to chew it quite a lot as well. But that that is a good point to make as well. That is a good point to make. Eat chewy plants. <laughs> yeah. Eat broccoli raw. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill, you need, you, you, need, you need to come out with a book, Bill. A book. Raw, a raw, 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 raw vegetables yeah. we can all eat. No, no, no. Raw Not vegetables. Raw, oven, oven broccoli. <laughs> oven <laughs> broccoli. I'll do a blog post on it. Just oven broccoli. How to prepare, how to season, you know, how to make it. We're getting a t shirt and it says, Do you even eat oven broccoli? <laughs> <laughs> Just come and watch right. how I cook my vegetables and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I put my carrots in the toaster. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, when you said you didn't have to cook until you were late on, mate, I didn't realise you were that fucking retarded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got the, I've got the cat boy in, in the pot. I've got my uh, carrots in the toaster and my broccoli's in the oven. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Moving on. Next one. This is going to blow your mind. Andy, I can really tell this is going to blow your mind, mate. Sugar. Yeah. You know sugar? Everyone loves a bit of sugar, don't they? Guess yeah. what? It's fucking toxic, mate. Fuck off. I'm telling you that. Yeah, the carnivores, <sighs> that is one of the big claims, mate. Sugar is toxic. And obviously... Well, I can't be a carnivore because I love a pack of... I love a pack of bourbons. So I can't do the carnivore diet. You right, Tom? You right, mate? We've lost him. Brilliant. He's not having still, a good day today, is he? He's freezing on us, Tom. He's not. Hello? Can you... Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about this, guys. Fucking hell. This is a nightmare. What a cunt of a day I've had. Right, how's that? You're having an absolute fucking nightmare, don't you? Is that right? I think what it was, Tom, is because when I said sugar is toxic, but I think you had a fucking, I think you had a heart attack. <laughs> fucking meltdown. <laughs> so basically, I'll explain myself here. I'll explain why the carnivores have come to this mad conclusion that sugar is toxic, and that's why you don't have any carbs in this diet. So fructose is, you know, it's part of it's part of the sugar, and basically what this does is it's damaging the liver because the only thing that sort of processes uh, fructose is the liver. So high high in a uh, high input of fructose is going to damage your liver. Basically, fructose is added to nearly all 
added sugar. So I'm talking, you know, sugar's actually added into foods to make it taste nicer. This is, you know, it's pretty much all fructose. It contains a significant amount, basically. Even normal sugar, so like your normal fucking, I don't know, organic, pure white sugar, that is 50% fructose there or thereabouts. So there's quite a lot of fructose in a, in a you know, normal diet. And they're basically saying because it's damaging the liver, it's toxic. So I've actually got a study for this. Go for it. You guys are whopping out these fucking studies. I've got a study which kind of it just it just throws it all into fucking shit basically it, it kind of says that there's no relevant data basically has been presented to account for a direct link between dietary fructose intake and health risk markers such as obesity um, triglyceride accumulation insulin resistance to humans basically what, what they're saying is and I get they get into a moral link anyway is that it only leads to problems when you're consuming excessive amounts. Yeah, no fucking shit. If you're smashing bags of Haribo every fucking 10 minutes, of course you're going to increase your health markers. But all this study was saying is, if you're on yeah, a balanced diet... Any, yeah, but that's anything, yeah, though. That's anything. That's it's anything. anything, exactly. Yeah. Two, even... Ah, oh, it's fucking bullshit, man. But once again, it goes down to... Here's the thing. In regards to, like, the carnivore diet and the keto diet, they've got that one thing on their side, which is where it's very hard to... Whether they, whether they know it or not... It's hard for them to con- over-consume calories. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, guys, it keeps fucking cutting out. Can you hear me? Right, there we go. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. good, mate. You're just like a robot, mate. Are you not a fucking robot? Are you, are you yeah, a robot? Are you a fucking robot? You sound like a robot today, Tom. You sound... You are. Have... Where have you been all day? What have you, what have you done today? You spoke about Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> earlier, mate. I'm getting a bit concerned. I went to a Mark Zuckerberg um, presentation. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Is this how a human does a podcast? <laughs> he's part of the new world order now he is yeah I am half bird that's why you can't see my legs I'm half bird below the abdomen <laughs> right moving quickly back on the sugar is toxic I think the, 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 I can't even speak I can't even finish my sentence he's, just, he's like what are you doing because I'm looking down and all I can see are these weird bird claws <laughs> oh my god Tom's now turned into a bird anyway right so what we spoke about earlier was is that <laughs> the, the poison the poison is in the dosage isn't it so the fact they're saying sugar is toxic yeah sh- sugar can be toxic if you're having fucking kilos of the stuff so they're not lying in what they're saying but they're basically saying that they're saying it's a blanket statement sugar is toxic you must go carnivore because you cannot have sugar because it is killing yeah. you well when I think of toxic I'm thinking of swallowing bleach or a long term effects of smoking loads of cigarettes that's what I'm thinking of toxic something that is inherently Haribo. dangerous for you with very little benefit yeah. so sugar but sugar by itself is not toxic you know if, if you because here's the thing when we say sugar as well there's all different various kinds of sugars you know if you eat an apple you are consuming sugar yeah. now people can say oh well sugar in an apple is different from sugar in a pop tart but he still breaks it down oh, the same yeah. fucking way <laughs> but yeah exactly once it you know once it gets into your body it's broken down the exact same way now don't get me wrong i it is very easy to over consume sugar you know sugar is linked to weight gain it isn't oh sugar causes weight gain but it is linked to it because it can be easily to over consume um we yeah, tend so to find it calories things, go through the roof yeah you know, we tend why. to find it like there's a lot of people that still drink you know high sugary beverages which you know are not going to increase your fullness at all they're easy to consume on top of that you're eating high calorie diets anyway so yeah don't get me wrong sugar in excess and that's the key word excess can be detrimental to you i don't want to say toxic but, you know, anything in excess is detrimental to you. But here's the thing in regards to, let's say calories. Calories in regards to the carnivore or the keto diet, it's going to be quite hard, not impossible. It's going to be quite hard, though, to overconsume calories in a keto or carnivore diet. 
compared to something where if you're on a Pop-Tart diet, where it's very easy to overconsume calories, but it's not inherently sugar that is dangerous for you. You know, there's other factors into play. It's the, it's the overconsumption I mean, if wanna, of calories. If we want to go down this fucking go, if, toxic route, you could argue that saturated fat is toxic because of the fact that if you're consuming high levels of saturated yeah. fat, you could argue that's going to increase your likelihood of getting a CHD or something. So that you could argue that's toxic if you have too much of it. Same with sugar. You can't just, they can't just cherry pick what's toxic and what's not. Anything's toxic in Donkeys high doses. ago, when we did that episode in regards to like, uh, the impact of like how weight is correlated to health, you know, it goes hand in hand once again, where it isn't always going to be down to how much you weigh that impacts your health There's other lifestyle factors. So don't get me wrong, you could lose a lot of weight and at first have improved health markers with something like the, the keto diet or the carnivore diet. I've got to stop saying keto because it's supposed to be like a carnivore fucking podcast. But let's be honest with you, they're fucking different sides of the same coin. But you know, it's one of those things where at first you might have improved health because you've lost weight, but long term... There's other lifestyle factors minus weight that is going to be detrimental to your health. And despite what the flat earthers say, an increase of saturated fat or high intakes of saturated fat well over the recommended limit is going to be a part of that problem. It's going to be detrimental to your health long term, no matter your weight. Yeah. Yeah, so guys, sugar is not inherently toxic unless you're absolutely shoveling it in, then I'd recommend really not to have so much sugar. (laughs) It says here on this website, glucose can also feed tumour growth. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, this <laughs> ah, is that one. explained <laughs> by the Warburg effect, which determines that cancer cells depend on glucose to grow, unlike normal cells. They cannot use ketones. Just like you, our tumour cells are addicted to sugar. Yeah, but so what? If we all have sugar, we're all going to get tumour. We're all going to have macro Well, yeah, it's going to get... Just fucking... But the thing is, that's though, a sca- he's scaremongering. He's a little yeah. fucking scaremongering prick, that bloke. He just he puts buzzwords out there, like, oh, your tumor growth from sugar. It's like, well, fucking no. Like, if you're not having a, if you're having a, a balanced diet, yeah. you don't want to get a tumor from having a bag you of You there on there, didn't you? Balanced diet. You know what I mean? And to be honest, he, he's, a, he's a lunatic. Enjoy. If fucking, you enjoy what you do, do it. You know what I mean? Exactly, 100%. Fucking like, like lunatics tell you otherwise. Tom, you got anything to add on sugar is toxic? I don't know. Why is he hiding? He's literally hi- <laughs> What? Have you noticed? It always gets it always gets to about like what time is it now? It always gets to about nine o'clock and like he turns everything off and hides, doesn't he? He hides yeah, in his house. The, the lights go off. Yeah. <laughs> lights go off. He's sat there under under a lighter, like, Alright guys, how's it going? Do you know it's like a alone in the dark or goosebumps. But no, it's it's really weird because like it's not even like the lights suddenly it's just fucking the night and day cycle gradually coming in. But it's it's like you guys just suddenly realise, oh, it's dark now. It's like it's gradually been getting dark over the over the past half hour. <laughs> you just haven't noticed it. That is that. I'm telling you what, you you are not the same darkness as what I've got outside. Yeah, exactly. I, I can still. Now, Tom, and it, I can see things. <laughs> You're can... in pitch black darkness. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can see at least a hundred meters where I'm looking at your camera. Oh, and I can see about Andy. Andy, I think I did it. He's 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 basically rerouted all the power of his house to charge his own batteries. That's what he's fucking doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why. That's why. Also, you can only see my upper half because I've got the cable in my lower back, kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> Up his ass. <laughs> yeah, the mechanical oh, bird God. feet. That's why you can only oh, see God. my upper half. I'll tell you, this story is getting thicker and thicker. At first, we're told birds aren't real cows, but now Tom's slowly becoming a mechanical being himself. I am evolving. 
I'm moving on to a higher plane. <laughs> what the fuck was we right. talking about? Let's get back on track, lads. We're going on. Yeah, pet studies. Move on. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> pet, yeah, pet, well, pet, pet, pesticides, though. So basically, their claim is that, well, Andy, you spoke about it earlier, was then that they said, oh, all these plants you're eating are covered in pesticides, so you're, you're fucking your body up. Well, one of the arguments I've got for that is that a lot of the, the, the grains, the plants, all the stuff that animals, the animal agriculture business eating, are the same plants. They're still using pesticides. So it's, And they've actually done studies where they found traces of these pesticides in animal meat. So you could argue that just because you're eating the animal, but the animal's eating the plants, you're still getting the pesticides anyway. But this is where carnivals have a little comeback. They say, well, no, we're telling people to eat organic, grass-fed cows from these amazing farms. Well, my comeback to that is, and Tom's going to get a boner here, is socioeconomics. You can't tell yeah, everyone man. in the fucking world yeah. to go out and buy organic, grass, green-fed, fucking butchered meat. I mean, how expensive is that going to be to buy all that meat for all your meals? That is fucking super-duper fucking subjective as well because of the fact yeah, that... Yeah, of course it is. What could be deemed as, in a company, be organically grass-fed? Yeah, of course, yeah. You might give them 10 minutes of organic, grass-fed fucking yeah. field and yeah, then the rest of the okay. day... Yeah, Great. and then the rest of the day they're fucking in in cages, but because you give them that sort of that time, you can put it on your label. So it's very much. Yeah. Mm, is exactly. it? I mean, unless you're eating like you're you've got like a cow in your garden that you've been nurturing from like a baby, and you're and then you eat it. Yeah, there, that's fine. No pesticides there. Great. So I think the pesticide things are bollocks as well. I mean, yeah. if anyone's got, if there's any carnivores listening, they've got some comebacks to this. Please send them away, and I probably we'll probably just throw some studies back at you. But I think yeah, it's, kind of it's, one, it's another one of those cherry picked, cherry picked information. Like, oh, they use pesticides on plants. Well, okay, yeah, but <laughs> the animals I mean, delete them. Yeah, the animals delete the fucking. And if you're telling everyone in the world to go out and buy organic, expensive steaks, Jesus Christ, who's affording them? I mean, something I actually found out recently myself is that actually, you know, a, a vast majority of pesticides are actually produced by plants themselves, which is quite weird, isn't it? But, I mean, um, a pe- pesticide, when we talk about pesticide, it's usually, it's things like, oh, fuck yeah, let me double-check one sec, guys. What's it? Is one of them called glyco something? Glyco... Oh, glyphosate. Glyphosate, that's a common one. Yeah, glyphosate. So, yeah, I mean, glyphosate, you tend to get, like, in weed killer and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where... You could literally say this about anything, and this is where the whole fucking it even in, in it inherently links to things like anti-vaxxers and stuff. And that is, if there is an ingredient in something, and it sounds terrifying, straight away you know suppose yourself just like, oh my god, there's this terrifying. Wait a minute, there's aluminium in vaccines. That's awful. Okay, but once again, the poison is in the dosage of what's going in there. Now, things with glyphosate, etc., it's an extremely low dosage, you know, and it's a it's a safe dosage. Same with things like vaccines, what goes into them, it's a low dosage, you know, things like aluminium, etc. Nothing that's going to be inherently bad for you. Um, when one thing that you'll get in regards, particularly like uh, people that tend to push like um, the anti-GMO people, etc., the anti-genetically modified, uh, you know, crops, etc., is they tend to show you this article where it's like, oh, you know, this guy is suing and has won a court case against uh, people for being poisoned by glyphosate. But it's like, well, that guy that won that case was a school janitor. You know, he he wasn't poisoned by eating foods that was uh, sprayed with pesticide. It's like it was literally his job day in, day out to spray glyphosate. He was like, 
he, he was highly dosed with it on a day in day out basis, breathing it in, you know, getting on his fucking shoes. It's like you, no pun intended. You're comparing apples and oranges. Yes, yeah, so pe- as Tom just said, pesticides. There, it's, it, we've made, we keep harping about this dosage thing, but it's because, as you said, the carnivores are hot. They're not a lot of stuff they're saying is not really like a lie, but they're just kind of they're just exaggerating the claims. They're exaggerating the fact that they're oh that's got pesticides. Oh, you're all gonna fucking die. It's like well. Come on, not me. Do you remember I'm spraying how, pesticides down my how, gullet? How, how, long have, how long have pesticides been on, on crops for now? Like, they... I mean, there are links. There are negative There are negative things to pesticides in general. Yeah, I'm not saying that... I reckon we should, like, do organic. But as we said to the socioeconomics thing, people can't always get access to these organic yeah. foods. And they can't afford to be able to spend the extra money on organic fruit and veg. It's not... And it's not cheap. I mean, it's not super expensive. It's not cheap to go organic on everything. So you can't tell everyone, oh, you need to go organic. They just need to stop using pesticides in the fucking first place. But then that's another topic on itself because it's quite hard not to have pesticides if you want to control... Yeah, because you're talking wastage on top of that yeah, like, would be astronomical, yeah, like, and then you are looking at weeds like, and shit. Why the fuck and, are we doing yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. It's, that's another topic itself. But sorry, gents, just to go, just to go back a couple of steps. Uh, glyphosate it, it is a it is a herbicide. It's a weed killer. A weed killer, okay, which yeah. realistically I should have known because I've been using it on my weeds on my driveway. So yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, the sediment, <laughs> the sediment <laughs> so they, still the same. They have to use them in farms, don't they? So. You know, in, in regards to pesticide, the sentiment would be exactly the same, and that is it's in a controlled dose. I even made that shit joke earlier about, you know, well, it's not a joke, it's a fact, and that is, you know, some fruits contain cyanide. Are you going to stop eating fruits? Well, carnivores, yeah, they probably will stop eating fruits. But, I mean, you know, it's... Now they know that fact. <laughs> Fucking hell, you've given Yeah, one. oh, Jesus Christ. That would have been a blog post later, wouldn't it? But, you know, you can <laughs> find poison in lots of things depending on the dosage yeah. at the end of the day. As I said, you can point what you get water toxicity by drinking too much water at the end of the day. The poison's in a dosage. Poison in a dosage, yeah. So once again, if I mean, yeah, don't don't listen to it. Basically, uh, we're going. So that's kind of all. That's a lot of the main claims, really. Uh, I mean, there's probably a few more, but obviously we'll be here all fucking day otherwise. So we're going to go to some other points now. A couple of little finishing points. One of them I've got is. Is it, is it boring? I mean, I, I some of these examples of Mills ago. Is it? Would you not argue it could be quite boring? I don't. I don't know. Yes. I think it's a fad. I think thirty days. Yeah, you could probably be yeah, over steak, it. Lunch, fucking, breakfast, fucking. Well, a lot of them they're doing what? They're not doing. They're doing like coffee in the morning. They Which won't not have, really carnivore, but yeah. Yeah, but they like they'll <laughs> have a co- like. I, th- I think it's selective again. But most of these guys I'm looking at, they'll do they'll do like coffee in the morning. They won't eat till like ten. 11 o'clock, they'll have a big, big carnivory plate of fucking meat and then they won't eat till later on in the evening again. So they talk about that sort of like intermittent fasting as well. So it brings that into the, the context of stuff. Yeah, but that's not even, that's a different diet itself. That's not fucking carnivore specific, no, is it? I mean, but I just, I'm assuming I, I know, yeah. if the worry's insulin though, they'll go hand in hand sometimes. Mm. It's just, yeah, I think there's only going to be certain ways, especially if you're going to be a true carnivore diet it's very safe slapping it? me I mean, yeah i don't want to i don't want to say it is because i know i have they have brought out some like really mad meals i mean like any diet you can always be inventive with it but i just think come on like fuck me especially when it's like you see someone like i eat steak for steak for this meal then i've got a liver on this one then i've got a spleen here it just all seems a bit fucking hard oh, not I Gross, like a bit green it? in my life you know what i mean yeah colorful I mean, plate is a good plate isn't it don't get me wrong 
I'm sure though, like the first couple of days you think, oh, bacon every morning, fantastic. Yeah, oh, mega. steak yeah. every night, oh, mega. But to me, that just that actually sounds really fucking dire after yeah, a while. Yeah. Detrimental to your health, that. Yeah. Jesus, really, that sound it sounds cool. really heavy. It, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it'd be more than... It sounds quite dystopian to me. <laughs> to be honest, sounds like my brother would fucking love it. I'm not going to lie. My brother would be like, yeah, steak in the morning, love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I mean, though. But I think after a while, it would just be, like, as you said, like heavy. But that's, this yeah. is, is subjective, isn't it? Me, yeah. personally, as a human, I want to add, as a human... <laughs> we don't know, <laughs> you know about that. We're, mm, we're on the fence about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'd assume humans would uh, you know, not enjoy is eventually getting that same bland... Because the thing, they don't... An important thing to add is a true carnivore will not season. They will not season the meat because, you know, uh, caveman did not do that. It's pretty boring. If you don't season steak, it's pretty boring. Yeah, that sounds fucking dire to me. And not only that, but the thing is, um, humans, from what I've understood, um, are social concepts. Birthday parties, going out to a nightclub. And all. here's the thing, our culture, I say our culture, um, your culture, human culture, (laughs) it is... (laughs) It's very social, and so and, and your social life is surrounded a lot of time by food. It's surrounded by food. Birthday cakes, drinks, you know. Don't get me wrong, you, you could do a barbecue if you're a carnivore, but if it's seasoned, oh, God. You know, who does an unseasoned barbecue? Yeah, you can't even drink things like beer and alcohol, alcohol no, you can can't. you? So, I mean, that, yeah, so it that, sounds that's, that's dire. The whole, that's, mate, that makes it, that, that takes it down to that socioeconomic factor, doesn't it? Where it's like, there's so many, it's going to impact people's yeah, lives a lot, course, really. Even uh, religion. Religion as well, yeah, religion, in the yeah, day. Yeah. It's one of those things, though, where, like, um, oh, who was it fucking has been doing the carnival diet? And he went, oh, but you can go to restaurants and you can ask them to do this for for your carnival diet. And it's like, well, there goes your appeal to nature fallacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've gone to fucking TGI Fridays <laughs> and after they talk this about meat like, on the bottom. Oh, yeah, it's what you, what you do back in the day. It's like, yeah, but we don't yeah. live, we don't live Whilst there. They, Whilst oh, yeah, they listen that... to their carnivore podcast on yeah. a fucking iPhone. I'm a fucking caveman. <laughs> I'm a real man. I eat fucking meat. It's like, no, mate, you, you don't. We don't We, do, we don't have the fucking Jeez, enzymes in our... Sucker. We don't have the enzymes in our stomach and that. We're, we're here to cook meat, not eat it off the fucking arse end of a dog or whatever they're doing these days. And I think a lot of this Ruined evidence it. for them saying all the big claims are, oh, I've got ripped, I've done all the, all the stuff we've made. A lot of it's anecdotal. I've seen it. It's a lot of it you read is people just like, random people saying stuff like, oh, I've got fucking really strong, I got stronger from doing this. I feel my, I feel like an athlete. And it's like, well, mm. where's your where's your actual evidence that this is actually the reason? It's not because of your high protein intake or your training methodology. It's not, it's, there's no real evidence. It's just you saying that anecdotally, which as Tom says, is the, you know, the lowest form of evidence. Yeah. We've seen it all on like Instagram and that. These guys are like don't count fucking don't count your calories and all this shit eat what you want and these like if it fits your macros this all this bullshit do you know what i mean it's, it's just fucking mad how people think do you know what i mean there are i get it but there are like guidelines into just being relatively healthy and this might be a fad <laughs> you're already <laughs> fucking see that <laughs> did you see that i gouted myself <laughs> I forgot I had the headphones plugged in. I went to move over here and I fucking strangled myself. <laughs> oh, you've done that before in another episode, haven't you? I think it was like episode cable. two or so. You, you had to like we had to end the podcast because you pulled yeah. your ear off. I, I yeah. became unplugged. Fucking hell. Unplugged. Yeah. I've unplugged my power source. Back on. <laughs> but it's not like like the the fucking the NHS stuff like that. They're not. They look at like what you can afford. They look at these things. That all these things are taken into consideration when planning a an overall relatively healthy diet. As price is one of them, 
I don't think that they're going to steer completely wrong. And the and these 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 fads that are on at the moment of like pushing out what's that fucking night? I don't know. He's a fucking. He's just been a nightmare tonight, hasn't he? He hasn't. He? He's it's been not a me. Completely like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, do you know Hang what? On. Fucking cancel all this. F- what I was saying. How the fuck Tom did the cat get in here? The door's been closed the whole time. It's because you haven't got a cat. Fuck it's a sake. robot. Hang on one sec. Man, how the fuck did you get in here? The door's closed. Turn on a light. <laughs> oh, yeah, just turn the lights on, Tom. Stop sitting in eternal fucking darkness. Oh, he's got a torch on. Is that a torch or is that his fucking... Is that his, is that his eyes? That's his hand. That's his hand. <laughs> that's, his, yeah, that's his hand, yeah. Oh, oh my God. fucking hell. I'm back. Why not just turn the light on, Tom? <laughs> I love it. This is more atmospheric. <laughs> this is a nightmare, this episode. Fuck me. We spent... Right. I think we can move on for that. The next yeah. point I want to make is um, quite an interesting one. I've got quite a lot of information on this. So one of the claims that go against carnivores um, is, I mean, this comes from a lot from like the vegan crowd, obviously, the, the environmental impact of, of eating meat. So is it right for us to tell people, to everyone to go carnivore and just eat meat? Is it right? Is that is that going to be the correct thing for the environment? So eating mainly meat, eating mainly red meat, because red meat, like beef, for example, is actually requires twenty eight percent more land, six percent more fertilizer, eleven times more water than like your pork, your chicken, and stuff. So beef is normally the worst offender, and obviously the carnivore diet is mainly beef. So if we're telling people to go on beef, we're going to be using a lot more of these of these resources, and that's the claim anyway. That if we all eat beef, we're going to fuck the environment. Right. So what I've got here, then, guys, I've got basically a list from our world data so it's like a really good source of sort of data for the environment basically and it's talking about protein rich foods and which give off the most kilos of co2 compared to 100 grams of protein right so we'll go for it surprise surprise number one is beef that's 25 kilos of co2 per 100 grams we've then got lamb at 20 we then go down to farm shrimp which is a surprise when i saw on the list actually that's at 10 kilos we're then going down to cheese which is 8.4 um we've got pork and chicken which is quite similar at 6.5 Eggs is 3.8. Farmed fish is 3.5. Tofu is only 1.6. We then got beans, 0.65. Peas, 0.36. Nuts, which is actually minus 0.8. Yeah, you're right. Nuts are actually minus because of the fact it's to do with the way they're produced and obviously the the tree nuts, whatever they're called, they obviously give off more in the atmosphere, so they come out as a minus. So if you look at those numbers, you automatically think, wow, okay, so eating meat is fucking really detrimental to the environment and that's kind of the argument against saying people to go to go carnivore but if we tell everyone to eat meat that they're going to be contributing massively to those numbers but what i'm going to do now is i'm going to say that this claim like many claims are quite over exaggerated so read those numbers i mean it's a big thing argument vegans make all the time is that if we all went vegan the problems with the environment will disappear overnight because we stop eating meat i mean on those numbers, yeah, to a degree, it is, it is obviously a big difference of like beef compared to something like tofu is obviously a difference. But globally, overall, these claims are massively sort of over-exaggerated. So an example of this then, I don't want to get too much into it, but a good example is in the USA, fossil fuels are responsible for 10 times more emissions than agriculture. So that's that's a massive difference. For example, if you were to completely eradicate meat from your diet for a whole year, that is the equivalent of one flight from the UK to New York. So you say all these people preaching, saying, oh, don't eat meat, don't eat this, don't, you're going to destroy the environment. I guarantee them people are going on holidays yeah. at least once a year. They're driving their car up and down the country. And I think it was 2,600 miles as well was the equivalent. So they're up and down the country all the time. They're taking flights. That's just as bad as if you were to eradicate meat from your whole diet. So to say, to say oh, we shouldn't eat meat because of the environmental effect. I think there's more data on this and I think it's exaggerated. Obviously, there is an impact. There's a clear impact that eating beef 
The stuff it's is a, worse. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's but a it's exaggerated. Yeah. It's exaggerated. It, they're making it sound like it's the biggest problem in the world. So I think to defend carnivals that they get sticks saying, oh, you're going to destroy the planet. Yeah, I suppose if everyone ate beef, then yeah, maybe it would be a bigger percentage of an issue. But at the moment, it's not really like... Yeah. It, I mean, it's exaggerated, the claims. They're not really... I think we need to do more research on the data. But yeah, I said, things like people flying around the world, That I mean, that's a, and that's <laughs> that's a bigger the, issue. And that's never going to stop. You know what I mean? That's... Yeah, that's not going to stop, is it? So to sell someone to not eat a steak because they're going to destroy the planet, but then they're probably flying around telling people this. Yeah. It's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit... A bit yeah. Isn't it? But yeah, that, that's just... But I thought I'd just mention that because I saw people kicking off at Carnival saying, oh, you're going to destroy the planet when in a degree, to a degree... I mean, yeah, you could argue it, but then the data suggests that it's exaggerated. So I thought I'd defend them a little bit there, but I, I still... There obviously is evidence saying that it's bad. Um, speaking of carnivores, we've now got an image of Ralphie Tom's cat trying to eat... Tom, but what he doesn't know is that Tom's actually a mechanical being now. So yeah. <laughs> he's not get much meat off, meat off him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, is there any data on eating cats? Ah, fucker. Right. Well, suppose in some Don't countries, it's a delicacy, <laughs> mate. Oh, fucking hell. We're not going to go talk about bat soup and. But yeah, I mean, look, going back to serious for a second, like, like the, the ethical reasons for like uh, not going carnival, etc. It's one of those things. Where once again, it, it, I'm not even going to say the buzzword. It comes down to other factors. Say it. <laughs> Socio-economic factors. You know, so it's it's not that it's it's not that simple yeah. at the end of the day. I don't think we need to get into it too much. We spoke about no. it more, didn't we, on the on the vegan episode anyway, which was ironically before the one, <laughs> but it's um which was like the opposite of this diet, but we spoke I mean, about it anyway, didn't we? So. If I was if I was to make a conclusion on a carnival diet, it's like as I said from the get go, yeah, don't get me wrong, short term you might have things like a, a drastic drop in weight. Um you might feel good as well because you've eliminated certain things that might used to being you used to be intolerant with before but in regards to weight loss and maybe eliminating certain uh, foods that ah jesus christ one second we just ah. can't get a sentence out of tom tonight can we no it is that, fucking that whole paragraph i was trying to do while the cat was like fucking shredding me to pieces right basically so, what i'm gonna before tom's getting eaten alive is that from my my research and from speaking to other people who have got really good understanding on sort of everything diets is that there's no actual decent evidence to support going carnivore. I mean, if it's if it's sustainable for you and it's a diet that works for you and your goals, yeah, great, crack, crack on. But in terms of actual data, there's no decent studies to say that it's, yeah. it's a good diet. Really, you you might be lucky and it might not it might not do anything. You might be fine and you might get away with it for a, for a yeah, few a few years. But yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah, but for long term, long term, most things that happen, yeah, long term, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at smoking. Smoking doesn't kill you overnight, does it? But no. long term. Yeah, it's a long term. Detrimental it? to your health. Well, look at was it in the fifties? And it used to, it used to be fine. Do you know what I mean? It was a good, it yeah. was a good thing. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's what uh, before I got attacked by the cat. What I was trying to basically say was, well, short term, you might have some benefits in regards to, oh, you've eliminated certain things. If uh, the context of improving health is, oh, I had things like inflammation, or I had uh, things that were causing certain reactions or allergies etc yeah okay you've eliminated a massive amount of food from your diet so you might have a health improvement in that regard okay you might have a health improvement in regards to you've dropped a severe amount of weight if you was previously obese but long term due to things like the saturated fat intake um and this is another thing we've not really touched up on in regards to the whole vegetable situation and that is a severe lack of micronutrients mm you know, a severe lack of micronutrients as well. 
you know, vitamins and minerals. So it's short term, you might have some benefits, context depending on what you're consuming to be a benefit. But long term, to fair though, Tom, have you not like some of their foods are quite high in these? What is it like liver? And like, like the spleen and shit, again, that's quite high in these nutrients, isn't it? But again, that you got to look at that as a um, like we go back to education again with this because if you were to turn around to most people and go, if you were going carnival, what would you eat? I I would like to put ninety percent of people would turn around and go, oh, I'm going to eat steak, I'm going to eat this. They wouldn't turn around and be like, yeah, I'm going to start like plucking liver and like hitting up some spleen and stuff like that. These. Do you know like the weird, quirky meats, the organs and that? I don't think many people are going to be... Yeah, they're it not going to be excited. It? Oh, it's not something you want to really eat. Liver's I'd rats. rather eat a fucking banana or an apple. You know, it's... it's uh, bananas, rats, it's a texture. But liver is also <laughs> super rats. Like, why would, you, why would you do that? But here's the thing. Okay, you're eating, you're eating liver, which is high in vitamin A. Okay, but what are you doing about vitamin C? What are you doing about all the other micronutrients... Because it's a, it's a fucking so massive. Have you group seen of these? Them. Have you seen it? Is it? Have you have you looked at the studies of these, Tom? Because they're basically saying that we don't even need vitamin C. That you actually like because you're on such a low carb diet, your body doesn't need it. That's what that's what they're that's what they're fucking saying. Hell. I mean, that just sounds mental to me. Fuck that, me. Or they, or they just saying this studies about. Yeah, them. I reckon they just make it up again. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> is this is this a is this a personal thing that they've found yeah, over their think, their yeah, own course know. that they've they're, done? But, yeah. It's just a lot of these. I mean, a lot of these things that I'm reading, like these people that say they that why it's good to go on the carnival is is their opinion on it. Yeah. It's not backed with data, is it? Yeah. There's no data following it. It's very much. Well, if it is, like, it's shit data. This like is I said what earlier. I found when I did it. Don't get me wrong, there will be data, but it'll be data that suits their bias or is cherry-picked. Yeah. You know like we I mean? found earlier, I found three absolutely yeah. bomber studies which said saturated fat was good for you. but Or it, was not, it wasn't as bad for you as people were making it well, out. But yeah. so we found out, those to, studies we're not allowed to eat good. bars of butter anymore. <laughs> oh, God. That's a whole different fucking diet. <laughs> Jesus I'm fucked. Christ. <laughs> Putting butter in your coffee. Wow. What a fucking time oh, to be alive. Jesus. Oh, I'm just eating it by the stick, mate. God, yeah. You're supposed to stir the coffee with the stick. But yeah, I mean, going back to liver, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's high in micronutrients, but not all of them. And it goes back to when we had our, our, our vegan podcast where, you know, you want to have a, a variety in your diet. And when you're on the carnivore diet, there isn't much variety. The, the world doesn't begin and end with vitamin fucking A. I'd like to know if these guys are supplementing as well on top of this. Like, are they taking any multivits just just in case or anything like that? So, if there's any of you carnivore guys out there, uh, let us know what you're you're eating, and we'll see if we can debunk what you're doing. Yeah, and if you are saying that vitamin C is not needed, I want you to send me some absolutely decent studies. And if they're absolutely shit, I'm gonna definitely call you out on social media. So, you know, send, right. us, send us some decent and, studies. And he's all about that. Absolutely. Any any final points on the carnivore diet? Is it, are any of us going to go carnivore? I mean, I'm certainly not for obvious reasons, but I can't, I can't handle the pressure, mate. To be honest, of of, of people <laughs> telling me I'm a shit carnivore eater. Um, <coughs> You're doing it. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, because I, I couldn't I couldn't even get fucking granola right, and you fucking vegans had a go at me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. Yeah. yeah, I was saying how great corn was, and then uh, I got turned around and said, actually, that's not vegan. It has dairy product in it. Oh, oh, okay, great. I'm a shit vegan, and I'm yeah, sure I'd be a shit carnival. I'm an you know okay I mean? omnivore. Bullshit, it? Do you know what I mean? So either way, you'll do it, and it won't be good enough for someone. Right, lads. I think we'll um, I think we'll wrap it up there before uh, Tom gets. Yeah, I need to be plugged back in. 
Turning yeah, the lights uh, on is charge, a, uh, short circuited my uh, nano machines. Is it draining your ass yeah. battery? Is it? <laughs> I mean, this has probably been the most fucking annoying podcast in terms of Tom just going absolutely rogue in it on Turt Light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think next week or like in a few episodes down the road, he's just going to be in a tree. He's going to be in a tree like this. All right, guys, how's it going? What are you up to? <laughs> He's going to be here next to me soon, mate. Oh, fuck it. He's going to be a hologram next to me in a few weeks' time. <laughs> right, I think we need to wrap up before we just start wasting people's time by talking absolute waffle. Yeah. This is what they come for. <laughs> that was like ages I mean, this ago. Is, this, is, this is ages ago. That I mean, Tom, you've lost the plot, oh. mate. <laughs> Apologies for the abrupt ending there, but as you can probably tell, we completely lost Tom's audio and eventually the whole thing just wrapped its tits in. But as always, thanks for listening. Hopefully you've managed to take the majority of that information on board. But as I said throughout, take a look at the show notes and all the studies we mentioned are going to be down there. If you want a bit of a recap, just take a look at those. If you've got any issues with what's been said, then please get in touch and we will address them in the best way possible. There is also going to be a blog post following this episode. If you want a recap or you prefer reading back, then head over to our website, chatshitgetfit.com, listed on the show notes below, and you'll find all of our episodes and blog posts on there. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.